you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the world. In the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks. This is Voss here from the ChrisVossShow.com. The ChrisVossShow.com. Hey, we're coming here with another great podcast. We certainly appreciate you tuning in. Thanks for being here. Hey, we have a great show today. It's going to be amazing. So amazing. You're definitely want to turn up the volume, but uh, even more so, you might want a video version of this. You go to YouTube.com, Fortune Chris Voss. You can also go to Goodreads.com, Fortune Chris Voss. See, we're reading and reviewing, and uh, just got bored yesterday. I posted my first book up yesterday. So if you want, check that thing out. It's a, It's up there, and on Amazon, wherever fine books are sold as well. Yeah, I was just bored. I was just like, ah, I'll put a book up today. What the hell? It's, uh, you know, whatever. Go to Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, all those crazy places where all the kids are playing today, and we post all the stuff that the show and myself are doing. So be sure to check that out as well. Today we have an amazing uh, author coming on the show. His book is soon to be up on the interwebs on Amazon different places, but he's giving us a preview here, and we're going to find out more about his book and what he does. The book is going to be called The Corporate Matchmaker, and it's by Martin Rovinsky. He's a technological executive with more than 25 years of experience in developing and implementing strategic processes. He's currently the CEO of the executive recruitment firm, Boardsy, leading the way for executives to connect with companies seeking executive talent for their board of directors and board of advisors. He is driven by the desire to help businesses of all sizes succeed. He knows the best way to do this is through helping businesses develop solid alliances between their CEOs and board members. He's the author, like I mentioned, of the forthcoming book, The Corporate Matchmaker, which will be available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target, and Walmart, or wherever fine books are sold. He is also featured on Entrepreneur, Fast Company, and CEO Today. Martin is not only passionate about helping businesses succeed, but is motivated and inspired by his wife and children. Welcome to the show, Martin. How are you? Great, Chris. Thank you, and congratulations on your book. Uh, Thank you. you. Know, I'm waiting for mine. Congratulations on yours, man. The, surviving the writing and the editing, especially the editing part. Oh my god, <laughs> stressful. <laughs> yeah, I I lost half my brain and most of my IQ points in editing. Pretty much, I handed them like a giant book, and then they they cut it down to about three pages. Said, uh, yeah, you. <laughs> Go back and rewrite all that crap. Yeah. The first part was awful. They didn't. It wasn't that bad. It was like 10 pages. So you got Cliff Notes back, huh? Oh, uh, yeah. Pretty much. No, it wasn't that bad. But it felt that way. You know what it's like. It, it kind of, you put your heart and soul onto the page and then they just step on it. They just go, yeah, no. They just crush it. They just crush your little sandcastle and your dreams right in front of you and you just go, Okay. Anyway, enough about us. Uh, give me your plugs so people can find you on the interwebs and uh, learn more about you. Yeah, as far as our company, it's Board C. It's uh, B-O-A-R-D-S-I.com. As far as the book, it is available as for pre-sale right now, and it's CorporateMatchmakerBook.com. That's my uh, ultimate publishing company that put up that website for me, and they are pre-selling it there. And mm -hmm. it should be available any day. We're actually just waiting for uh, Amazon to approve everything. Now, why did you come with a 
corporate uh, the book title the corporate matchmaker did you did you just find that the dating scene for corporations between <laughs> each other wasn't there wasn't a lot of good mergers going on and uh, breakups and they needed a good matchmaker to get their uh, corporate dating down better pretty much uh <laughs> the, the funny story is have they tried uh, tinder i don't know <laughs> when we talked to the companies one of my business partners he's in the b2b side of the business and he just found it the easiest way to compare what we do was actually a dating website as soon as we said that they were like oh yeah i totally get it when i was thinking of a book title i just thought that was a perfect match for that but yeah because yeah. if you can help them get together they can make a nice little llc babies and stuff like that you know that's that's absolutely that's the idea the more babies the better <laughs> grow the family <laughs> so what motivates you want to write this book so I, I come and in the book, I cover a little bit about my history and my background and my journey all the way from Poland. And this is back when I was a little kid and old man. And it was communist country back then. My mom was just desperate to get me out and get me into a country with opportunity. So obviously that's US of A. We took a journey, came through Italy, came here. And pretty much right off the bat, maybe five years after I picked up some English, and been picked on and, and bullied. I finally got the, the handle of everything, understood all the stuff. And at about 16 is when I started becoming an entrepreneur. So throughout my life, I've owned a few different companies, always still tech, stayed tech savvy, can never keep up with it, but you can try. Changes quicker and quicker every day. Mm -hmm. But did a lot of consulting and I really enjoyed consulting. So what drove me to starting Boardsy was basically desire to help other companies, but on a massive level, meaning if I was to try to do it myself, I can only do so much, but what if we can take other, even better executives than I am and their expertise at certain levels and match that up perfectly with companies. So obviously after the company got started, we figured things out, learned things and picked up things. We just or I made the decision to basically put it all into a book. Nice. Now, this is a great American story. People come to America and succeed. I love it. Now, it says in the cover, uh, creating a robust boardroom. Is that largely the thrust of the book on how to you know, build a good group of advisors and, and directors? Yeah, we, I cover basically a lot of different highlights, everything from like one of the things it's surprising that every company you'll go to, 90% of them will have a mission, vision, and values statement on their, on their website. And of course, over time that adjusts and, and they preach about it. The one thing that a lot of people don't have is their personal mission, vision, and values. I cover a lot of that and ensure that basically your personal mission matches up with whoever you're going to be working for, whether it's an advisor or an employee, but especially as an advisor, because being an advisor or even on the board, you got to have long-term goals and this you know, it's not a consulting gig where you're going to go in, do your job and get out a month later or two months later. So you really have to believe whatever the company believes and to keep that relationship going for many years and hope, hopefully into an exit, which can take quite a few years. That's just one, one thing. I cover a lot of talk about diversity at all levels and why it's needed, not just because the government says you need it, but actually the benefits of having a diverse board. And then I also cover the final date once you are actually talking to them. So it's pretty much everything from the importance of how to present yourself to get the interview, how to interview and how to basically serve on a board with, with purpose so that you actually have some change-making abilities.
I've this is really important because a lot of people don't really know like how to do how do you do board. I've never uh you know seen like a some sort of I've never seen a training for how to be on a board other than you talk to people. What do I do here at the table? Do I just throw <laughs> things at the CEO? Is that how it works? We just we throw darts at him. Is that how it works? Or rock? Or <laughs> we just listen to what he tells us to. So I think this is really important. And I know as a CEO of my companies, I had a really good partner that we largely were just each other's board at the time. But I know when he quit the companies, I was left alone and I really needed a board. I needed people to bounce stuff off. I created at the time when I wrote in my book about called a virtual board. When you reach us, we weren't quite at the size of, we only had a hundred plus employees or so. But when you reach a, you know, size of a company and become serious about going public and stuff, you've really got to get a good board on. You've got to get p- good people on your thing and you've got to know how to build it. And so yeah. does this work from both aspects of not only teaching people how to be on the board, but also from a CEO or board hirings aspect on how to hire for the board? Absolutely. It covers actually both sides. It covers the CEO side, how to interview, who to look for. There's a lot of examples. I've even placed some case studies that we've had from Boardsy in there. So Mm. there's a lot of different ideas that I cover in there and try to focus on, like you said, for example, a company going public and at what point, like a lot of questions that I get is, when is it a good time to start bringing on even at a bare minimum board of advisors? And I always say the earlier, the better, because if your exit strategy is even in the back of your mind, I'm going to go public one day, you mm-hmm. got to have your stuff together pretty early because they're going to they're gonna go through that paperwork. <laughs> and if you don't have a good CFO, good luck going public. Yeah. I'm laughing because I'm thinking of WeWork. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, yeah. In fact, we had some great authors on, I believe, was it called The Billionaire Dollar Bust or something? We had one of the Wall Street Journal, I think it was authors, New York Times authors on, who wrote the book about the WeWork failure. And that was one of the problems. Their their balance sheet was like fluffy as, was, I don't even think fluffy is the right word. It was like a pyramid scheme. And all the different kinky things they were. And they were they were going fine until you had to start being, you know, transparent to go public. Exactly. And that's when everyone's like, what are the owners doing? What? They're <laughs> renting back to their own company stuff. What what the hell is going on? And uh, yeah, that thing came down like a house of cards. I don't know. I think it's it been sure a million did. years for SoftBank, I think it is, the, their investor to ever get their money back. But, I still yeah. laugh once in a while because there's a WeWork building just down the street <laughs> from me. I'm like, God, I can't believe it's still there. Yeah, I mean, talk about having to throw good money after bad, yeah, good money after bad money. And uh, the guy still walks like, I think he's, he's, I think he's still suing him for the for his payout cut, his walking <laughs> fee or whatever. Like, I would just been like, hey, man, I became a billionaire building a house of cards and I'm not going to jail. I should just shut up and exactly. just keep moving on. <laughs> just go do something else. You got a billion dollars. I'm sure you can find something to do with yourself. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that, that was a perfect example right there that we were. Yeah. yeah you, you definitely got to prepare. You got to make sure you're transparent and you make sure your, your books are good or at least both sets of books you keep. Wait, what did I say? <laughs> I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. <laughs> 
but you got to take in, you got to take in, make sure you got it all under control. So what are some other things that people should watch out for or look for? Because in fact, let me run something by my friend uh, and mentor early on in my days, Forrest Baker. I remember he told me one thing about his board. He had a board and he says, I think he was complaining about one of the guys on the board. And I said, why don't you just get rid of that guy? And he goes, let me tell you something about when you get a board, Chris. He goes, you always want one negative guy on the board. You want one, you go on a guy on the board who he, he craps on everything, no matter how good the idea is, he he finds what's wrong with it. He goes, because when that guy is right and dead, right, you want to know, cause he will save you millions. And you always, basically you want the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You want the contrarian on the board. Not, you don't want the whole board to be contrarian because then they'll just outvote you and remove you, but you (laughs) don't do that. I don't know. Maybe it's a good idea. Uh, as long as your parachute gets paid, the you, you, he he said you always want to have that one guy. Is that true? So that actually covers under diversity, right? Uh, yeah. It doesn't have to be a guy or a girl. That's really comes down to personality, and personalities really come from where we come from, where we oh. were raised at, and that what we were surrounded with. So you're always, I think, the more diverse the board is, you're going to get, like you said, whatever idea you come up with, he finds a problem with it. And there's nothing wrong with that. The, the question is, does he just find a problem with it and give you a solution? Or does he just find a problem and he shuts up and sits yeah. behind? So yeah. you want somebody that, yes, might find a quote unquote problem, but that, is there a solution for it? And I always say every problem is not a problem. It's just an opportunity for growth because that's what problems are. If we didn't have any mm-hmm. problems, we would never grow. We'd just be the same all the time diversity in my mind brings that whole concept of when you have a group of people that come from different you maybe you have somebody that was raised with money a silver spoon or whatever you call that and then you have somebody that had to work for it but they became successful those two people are going to have two totally different ideas about how to grow a company or how to solve a problem one's going to be like let's just go get 10 million dollars in funding and the other one's going to be like, no, let's just keep bootstrapping because we're doing good right now. So doesn't mean one or the other is wrong, but the right answer is somewhere in between. So the more diversity you have, the more different ideas to a problem you're going to come up with. And eventually you're going to settle on something probably in between. So, yes, it's good to have a guy like that. But it'd be great if he provided some solutions too. That's true. The one thing I do hate is about people who go, this isn't going to work. And you're like, well, how will it work? I don't know. Come on, man. Like, seriously, like do some homework. One of the problems I always had, and I had, I had what I called the virtual board. I turned the virtual board. So I called up all my friends and and said, Hey, you're an entrepreneur. I'm an entrepreneur. Let's play virtual board with each other. And let me call you and bounce ideas off you anytime I have them or things I'm considering or major decisions with corporations. And I'll give you access to the same to me and I'll listen to you and your stupid ideas and you'll listen to mine. And it worked. It worked really well. And since we're yeah. all entrepreneurs, we kind of, but I, I was like, here's the thing, man, you got to be like, butthurt honest with me. You got to tell it to me straight. Cause that was the biggest problem I always had. Even with my close business partner of 22 years and a friend of 22 years, a business partner of 13 is you'd be surrounded. And that's what my friend Forrest was trying to say. Don't be surrounded by yes men because they can yes. kill you. And so a lot of times you look at people, like even when I wrote my book recently, people are like, it's a great book. So what's wrong with it? Tell me <laughs> the truth. And you, you really question, you're like, man, I, I really need you to tell me the truth. And I use in business one of these principles called looking the dragon in the teeth. And when I have to make a huge decision, I look the dragon in the teeth and I go, 
what's going to happen if he rips my arm off? What's going to happen if he chews my head off? Can I live with the what? fallout of whatever bad's going to happen? And then you mitigate, you mitigate and strategize for possible fallout. And then that way you have, what's the word I'm looking for? You have countermeasures available to you. When I go to war, you have countermeasures. If you're smart, you just don't go fucking headlong into war because they're going <laughs> to fire back. So you've got to have your countermeasures in place. They file missiles, you file missiles, they fire more missiles. You, you got to figure out what you're going to do. And that's what's, what's funny about people I go to war with. They're always like, you, you just destroyed everything. You blew up everything around us. And I'm like, yeah, my countermeasures were in place. I knew that you, I didn't, I knew you were going to fire back. So I just took you out of that from the start. But that was the biggest problem. As a CEO, I'd look around and I'd be like, are you telling me the truth? Is this idea really that good or does it really suck? Like you really have to tell me this sucks. Yeah. And sometimes that's where that negative guy on the board helps you is because he goes, this sucks. And you're like, <laughs> let's listen to that guy a little bit more. Anyway, <laughs> those are some of my thoughts. Uh, transparency. I, I definitely... Uh... I preach that. You really start getting paranoid sometimes. And not not necessarily paranoid, but you just sometimes you just really feel like people are like, you oh I've had people say that to me. Uh Chris, you're the CEO. You know better than anybody. And you're like, you have no idea, man. I don't. And I when I'm wrong, the shit hits the fan. It's expensive. Like millions yeah. of dollars go woo out the door. And when I'm right, millions of dollars come in. But when I hit a stinker, ouch. That fucking hurts. I'd really like to have less stinkers, but such is the nature of business. But this is really the thing. So does your business, is this what a lot of your business is? Because your business is named about a boardsy. Is that correct? Yeah. Is that largely what you guys consult on and help form and consult with? Yeah. So basically we, uh, we talk to executives every day. We onboard them. We add them to our private network. And that's the advantage that companies have working with us because Instead of fishing for somebody, say, on LinkedIn, which by far is the best, obviously, tool to find people, the problem is you're fishing amongst thousands and thousands of executives, and you don't even know if they have the time or are available to mm -hmm. serve on a board or even want to. With us, when the company comes to us and tells us, exactly, we do the same process, we do an onboarding call, we figure yeah. out, we give them ideas, we figure out where their business is at. And then once we figure out exactly who they're looking for, how many board members, it's a lot easier for us to look in our database and we can you know, pick out 10 executives that are a perfect fit. So then all they have to do is just go through the interviews. Wow. So do you guys like a headhunter too then? I guess you can say, yeah, people refer to it that way. I don't think of mm -hmm. it that way. We, have a, oh. we do have a platform so the companies that – are okay with us putting their their information and who they're looking for on the platform. The executives get to see that. But we also, there's a lot of companies that don't want that. Even though it's a private platform, they sure. still don't want to post that they're looking for a board member. So yeah. we still work in the background, looking through the executives and matching them up. On. That could be probably pretty challenging because people are like, hey, the, the these guys need a board. What's going on over there? You hit the <laughs> trades, the Wall Street Journal, and their exactly. the Wall Street Journal. Exactly. What's going on at XYZ Corporation, man? They yep. they can't keep board members. Uh, people are quitting, <laughs> and they can't find out what's going on there. Bob's well. yeah. What else uh, do we need to touch on? Pretty much self-explanatory. We do. I do cover best approaches to building a board. 
I cover the basics of how many hours are expected to be on the board as you work versus board of advisors, cover how to present yourself all the way from LinkedIn. That's one thing that actually I'm going to be doing a whole webinar with someone, but it's amazing when we see an executive, they don't really give us any great board documents. They might give us a CV, but in, in this day and age, social media at work, mm -hmm. they need to realize that any company, any, before they even do an interview, they're going to go do their homework. We, can, we have a profile on our platform for them, mm -hmm. but the companies don't even care about that. They will go on LinkedIn. They'll look at their profile on LinkedIn. They'll go on Facebook, see what kind of activities they're doing, and then might make a decision that they don't even want to interview that person. And then uh -huh. we can't figure out why. And mm -hmm. then we go look at it closely and we're like, okay, I get it. Mm -hmm. So... I think it's important to make sure that your LinkedIn is up to date. Make sure that you're not posting something crazy on Facebook that a CEO might not want on their board. So, so I should take my nude pictures down to my OnlyFans yeah, account probably. Unless you want to Maybe. be on the board of a hustler, then you're probably good. Oh, so there's still time. The board of OnlyFans. <laughs> there's money in that. Anyway, yeah. Note to self, take my OnlyFans down. Anyway, <laughs> I think it's already down. Yeah. Well, they, Facebook might be down, period, so don't worry. Well, that's usually the case, too. Yeah, this is pretty interesting. I'm lo I love that you did this because I've always been worried. I'm like, very many offer me a board position. I don't really know what I do. I'm used to being a CEO. So yep. I'd, be like, I'd be like, I don't know, do I just sit in the corner and drink coffee and be like, yeah, the, the chart looks pretty good, man. Yeah. Do I get a check now? How does this work? I'm glad you brought that up, actually, because I did mention that in the book, too, because one of the things, obviously, is egos. And you were talking about the yes people. Those are just like ego amplifiers. Like you said, oh, yeah, you're the greatest CEO ever. And it just gets out of whack. And the next thing, they don't listen to anybody because they think they're right. So that's a problem. But, but yeah, I talk about the difference on when you join a board, whether even as an advisor or as a board director, you're not no longer, the, if you were a CEO prior to that, you're no longer a CEO. You're there to serve a different purpose. So, yeah. Yeah. And I'm not a good server. I'm not, I don't work well with others. <laughs> no, I actually do. I think it would be fun to be a board member. Yeah, I did a stint, I think, several years ago when I moved to Las Vegas. I was really burnt out. And I still have my mortgage company in Utah. And, and someone wanted me to build a mortgage company for them in Vegas. And I was like, this is so nice, man. I can use their money and, and it's their company. So if I want to leave someday, I can just, I'm fucking out of here. We all do this for a little while. <laughs> and it was fun not to be the guy. I was, I was still the guy. I, I still had to be the CEO and do the thing, but it wasn't my money. Like I didn't have to go home at night and go, I wonder if I'm ever going to get that bad sort of thing that you live with as an entrepreneur. <laughs> and it, it was nice to leave at five too. That was the other amazing thing. I was like, you mean I can just punch out and go home and I can do some other stuff and not think about everything. It was nice not to have, to have that uh, whole gun to your head, but it only lasted for a few the, months. The life of an entrepreneur. Yeah. It was fun until they decided they wanted me to start uh, making illegal loans that, to their family members. And then I was like, yeah, yes. we're, no, we're not doing this. We're out. No, no, I'm not going Stroll to jail. Buyers, for, huh? I'm not going, that? I'm not going to jail <laughs> for uh, fraudulent loans. No, that's not happening because license was in my name. So I'm the one who gets held responsible. And I'm like, no, that's not, I'm not going to jail for somebody saw that somebody else's family, maybe my family. No, I'm just kidding. I'd never do an illegal loan. That's I, I have this thing where I just don't want, ever want to go to jail. I don't have an issue that way. It's a good thing for me. I, I don't know how I feel other people feel about it, but I, I like my freedom. So I'm, I just, yeah. I, I wear my seatbelt. I drive the speed limit. 
Try and be a good person. So I probably um, had a long way to get my freedom. Yeah, I, I want to. That's true I'd too. I'd like it's, to keep it. <laughs> your mom's a hero, man. She just came over, and, and I remember that age, man. When I was a kid, we were watching. There was the movie. What was there? Was lots of movies about the wall and people trying to get out of the Eastern Bloc. And I remember what was the one movie where they they did a balloon and they flew over the wall and they were getting shot at. It was like really fucking insane and so many, so many people died trying to get out of eastern bloc countries and yeah just really and many of them died in the country so that's true too that was a real tragedy of it that i remember neil Peart, neil neil peart of rush wrote when the wall fell in 89 he said yeah, everyone's celebrating right now but who, who's going to be held responsible for the you know, hundreds of thousands of millions of people that died of starvation yep. and and slovenly conditions, it's really sad, but I'm glad you're here and you're an American story. Next week, we have Fiona Hill on the show. She's an American story. She, her family immigrated here and she ended up working at the White House and Pentagon and uh, State Department and other stuff. These are great stories of the American yeah. ideal and uh, we need more. It, it's funny to me that people like you respect the American ideal of what America is supposed to be sometimes more than some of us lazy Americans who were born here and we're just like, uh, freedom, whatever. Exactly. Yeah, but uh, I, I always I always compare that, you know, to the fish in water. Doesn't mm. even know or doesn't even enjoy water because it's always there. Yeah, these yeah, yeah. I, I grew up that way, I'll admit to it. Where you're just kinda like, Yeah, freedom. Everyone's got freedom. The asshole American. It's classic. <laughs> but yeah, people don't take it for granted. They don't realize how hard it is and how in the American dream and how people are willing to die for that. Yeah. And everybody else is just kinda like, oh, whatever, you know, can I watch more TV? But you're like, there's people that you know anyway. So thanks uh for coming on the show. Give us your plugs one more time so that people can uh find out more about you and order up that book. Absolutely. So the book pre-order at corporatematchmakerbook.com and it will be available on Amazon soon. And it's a The Corporate Matchmaker. Also comes with a journal. And as far as the company, if you are interested in joining a board or if your company is in search of board members, it's B-O-A-R-D-S-I.com. There you go. There you go. Check it out, guys. Thank you very much, Martin, for being on the show. Absolutely. We certainly appreciate it. There Thanks, Chris. Go. An American story. Guys, go check it out. Go to youtube.com for chess Chris Voss and look up uh, what we're doing over there. Go to goodreads.com for chess Chris Voss. I'm over there. You'll be able to see his book. Uh, we'll probably mark it as what we're reading once we get a hold of it. I'll be on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, all those different places on the interwebs. Be good to each other. Stay tuned and we'll see you guys next time.